Disputes Quick Listens, where members of our Disputes team discuss the latest legal updates and trending topics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of uh, DQL, where we will be looking at uh, the benefits of arbitration for resolving life sciences disputes. I'm Lawrence Lieberman. I'm a partner in Taylor Westing's London office, and I lead our life sciences commercial disputes practice. And I'm Jesse Prynne, and I'm a senior associate in the team. And as Lawrence says, we're going to be talking about the main differences between court proceedings in England and Wales and arbitration and the pros and cons of those for life sciences companies. So, Lawrence, where do you want to kick off? So I think the probably obvious starting point is to talk about confidentiality and the fact that in arbitration, unlike court litigation, um, it's generally confidential. The rules on confidentiality, of course, vary depending on which arbitral institution's rules are being applied. But in general, unless the parties agree otherwise, the parties, the tribunal and the tribunal secretary or administrative body will keep confidential the arbitration and the award. Uh, By contrast, the presumption for court proceedings uh, is for them to be heard in public uh, and judgments are publicly uh, available uh, and, of course, uh, can set precedents in case law. And uh, in commercial contracts in the life sciences sector, they typically contain sensitive commercial information. So a lot of the disputes that we see uh, arise out of commercial contracts, such as for uh, development, licensing, manufacture and supply, commercialization agreements uh, involve details around market penetration, pricing of drugs, royalty rates, revenue and profit projections, cost of sales, licensing terms, regulatory approvals and rejections, and even formulations and proprietary processes. And so with such sensitive uh, commercial data, there is obviously a a preference for uh, life sciences companies to want to keep uh, those confidential and out of the public eye, if at all possible. Absolutely. So the confidentiality of arbitration can be a real advantage for life sciences companies. But I suppose the question is whether confidentiality is always a good thing. And can there be a benefit to court proceedings in that it can put pressure on your opponent if they are concerned, more concerned about the confidentiality of some of the material in the proceedings, which is of less concern to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's right. And, and obviously, there are aspects of the lack of publicity, which may be a disadvantage in particular for smaller life sciences companies. So as often the case in this sector, larger pharma companies supplement their development pipeline by in licensing or requiring development programs from smaller research focused life sciences companies. And in those circumstances, if a dispute does arise, the larger pharma company may not want to be shown in public to be a difficult partner for a smaller company to engage with as it may damage its ability to do further details with other counterparties in the future looking to outlicense their programs. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's an important point. And actually I suppose it's also worth just making the point that very often disputes will be determined on contracts which have been entered into quite some time ago and whether or not arbitration or court proceedings has been chosen is just is something that was decided a while ago and that's what you're then dealing with um be that court or arbitration i guess the purpose of what we're talking about now is for thinking about future contracts and and looking to the future to decide that you are choosing the right uh, dispute resolution forum for you and your matter yeah i mean um i think i think that's uh, i think that's right um i think um the, the other point um, that, that's important to make uh, is uh, to talk about the procedural flexibility involved in arbitration. 
uh, and that's a major attraction uh, for uh, life sciences companies because the parties are essentially free to decide how many arbitrators they have, uh, what sorts of uh, uh, arbitrators hear the case, whether that's lawyers, industry experts, different nationalities and so on. The seat of the arbitration, the venue, the language. Um, and in uh, life sciences commercial disputes, being able to choose a subject matter expert as an arbitrator can be a major benefit when compared to court proceedings where the relevant uh, judge may not have heard uh, many life sciences cases. And so just to give an example, in one arbitration that I conducted recently, there was a patent that was relevant uh, to the dispute with uh, geographic and temporal restrictions applying to it, um, as well as there being contractual and commercial issues, including around variation of contractual rights, estoppel, complex damages calculations, and so on. And if uh, you have a three-member tribunal composed, for example, of a, a patent licensing expert, maybe a former commercial director in a pharma company, and a senior KC, the parties get a set of decision makers with just the right blend of skills and experience. Absolutely. And that flexibility also applies around case management. So in court, the directions to trial are set at a case management conference and the parties have to have good reasons for varying the ordered procedural steps and deadlines rather than parties to an arbitration generally have a higher degree of autonomy on agreeing and drafting their procedural orders with little tribunal intervention unless a particular point cannot be resolved. Um, it's also maybe just worth mentioning the Law Commission report, uh, which was a followed the consultation it conducted on the proposed amendments to the Arbitration Act, um, which has recommended that the Act contain an express power for arbitrators to make an award on an issue on a summary basis if a party has no real prospect of succeeding on that issue. And the arbitration bill, which has very recently been introduced into Parliament, includes that power. Um, so that's a, an interesting development. Yeah, and I can see the value in that. Uh, I, I think it's a real welcome addition to the Act. Um, and again, just, just giving a, a real-world example, in a recent arbitration that I worked on, there was a standalone legal issue regarding whether or not there'd been a wrongful exercise of a lien over output materials uh, and whether that gave one of the parties grounds to terminate the agreement and then that led to a substantial claim for loss of profits for the remainder of the contract term. And that issue uh, took up a lot of time at trial and cost. Uh, and having a clear path to summary determination of an issue like that uh, will undoubtedly have saved costs and led to a faster resolution of the dispute. The next point um, that we wanted to, to just touch on um, was preservation of relationships. And in arbitration, um, the procedural flexibility can, I mean, not always, but it can uh, give rise to a slightly more informal uh, atmosphere, slightly less adversarial atmosphere. Uh, and then combined with the confidentiality of arbitration, meaning that you avoid big public spats, that the media, um, you know, don't take an interest, uh, can, in my experience, mean that there is a better chance of relationships being preserved uh, between the parties. And obviously in the life sciences sector, that's very helpful where there are frequent uh, joint ventures and collaborations and licensing agreements between life sciences companies, um, uh, which is obviously of, of benefit for both parties to preserve uh, and carry on doing business together after the particular problem that's the subject of the arbitration has been dealt with. Yes, definitely. And maybe a final point to touch on, uh, a final difference, which is of benefit to life sciences companies, is enforcement, which has become all the more important since Brexit. 
and the ease of enforcement of arbitration awards has always recommended itself or long recommended itself um, by way of the New York Convention and the number of parties which are have signed up to it. Um, and as I say, I think since Brexit, for disputes particularly involving EU member states where the enforcement of English court judgments is no longer as straightforward as it was under the recast Brussels regulation, that change has applied since 31st December 2020. Um, it now requires more steps to enforce an English judgment in member states. And so the ease of enforcement of arbitration in member states is, is a definite benefit, and particularly for life sciences companies where the disputes are often cross-border. Um, and in those circumstances, obviously, ease of enforcement is an important consideration. Um, and actually linked to that, a well-drafted arbitration agreement should also minimise the chances of jurisdictional disputes, which have again become more likely to arise post-Brexit. Um, so I guess wrapping up, Lawrence, there are quite a few advantages there that we've touched on for life sciences companies of arbitrations. Yeah, um, I think we've I think we've hit all of the main points, um, and um, that's why uh, we certainly see uh, arbitration increasing in popularity for life sciences clients, particularly over I'd say the last you know five or six years or so. Um, most of the life sciences disputes that I do these days uh, uh, seem to be arbitrations, and that's. Um, as you were saying, Jesse, earlier, sometimes it's because it's chosen in a contract that was formed um, many years ago. But um, certainly life sciences companies are, are coming to us more and more and asking about arbitration um, and, uh, and wanting to have a discussion about it rather than just the default um, uh, mechanism, which uh, would be for to put, put, to put um, a local court as the forum for resolving disputes. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that borne out. I think that the number of arbitrations in the healthcare and pharmaceutical sector heard, for example, um, by the London Court of International Arbitration, the LCIA, has been going up in recent years. Good. Well, um, good to talk and I uh, hope um, everybody's found it very interesting. Mm -hmm.